Inside Sources. Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson. Well, ceasefire in Gaza between Israel and the Palestinian Islamic Jihad is holding. The ceasefire was agreed to last night following three days of fighting where dozens of people were killed, hundreds injured. But there are so many important pieces of news coming out of all of this. Who took part in the fighting? Who did not? Who brokered the peace? What does it mean for the political situation in Israel, in the region, and beyond? And really pleased to have joining us again from Israel, Amos Giora, author and excuse me, professor of law at the S.J. Quinney College of Law at the University of Utah. Uh, professor, thanks so much for joining us. And uh, just give us a little context in terms of where we've been over the weekend since uh, we last spoke and uh, how things are shaping out uh, late at night today. So um, good afternoon to you here. It's 1030 in the evening. The ceasefire went into effect 22, uh, 22 and a half hours ago or something like that. And with the exception of um, a little bit of firing from Israel to Gaza, Gaza to Israel, um, shortly after the ceasefire went into effect, it's been quiet. And I'm not surprised at all. Um, you um, noted the, the, the broker, or who brokered it. I think it's important to discuss. But, uh, you know, as someone who lives here, the, the, the first piece of, of very good news is that the ceasefire is holding, which tells me that that the parties um, understand that this round came to an end. But unlike previous rounds, um, I, don't, I never know if I'm a realist or an optimist or an optimist or a realist, but this is the first time I have a, a sense that this round can be used to perhaps begin, underline begin, mm. the process of cracking the seemingly irresolvable uh, issue of Gaza. The path forward is beyond complicated, but I think there are, there are sufficient number of small, small, small sparks that um, can be used to do something that's never really been done, and that's to resolve the Gaza issue. Beyond complicated, but this is the first time in years I've been around, you know, boy, more than one block. I've been around the block <laughs> many times that I, I have a sense that something changed in the last few days. Mm. That That is so significant. And uh, so I want to dig into it. if this is the uh, uh, end of the beginning, so to speak, and if there are some of those sparks uh, and the pieces of the beginning of the cracking of that code uh, that is Gaza uh, help us understand that. What are some of those things that, that do make this feel just a little different from one more brokered piece or one more round, as you put it, uh, that's, that seems to have come to a close? Uh, what is the feeling? What is the sense? And what are those pieces that give you hope uh, that there is a path? So there's a very important article today in Israel's most important newspaper, Haaretz, which is our New York Times. And there's an article by a a journalist who is taken seriously, who consistently over the years um, is called the voice of the Palestinians or brings the Palestinian voice to the Israeli um, newspaper reading public. And her article today suggests that the, the typical person in Gaza is simply tired of round after round and that perhaps what was going to motivate them, which is a wonderful thing moving forward, is jobs, money and putting food on the table. And in that context, in the last months, uh, Israel has granted between 15 to 20,000 work permits for Gazans to come to Israel to work. Those people 
don't want terrorism. Those people are sick and tired of terrorism, which is why earlier tonight, Prime Minister Lapid reached out to the Gazan population and said the path forward is economics, whether it's the Abraham Accords or some other mechanism where people want to work. And terrorism is for the perspective of a public that wants to work. Terrorism is just a terrible, terrible thing. And it is, I think, really important to note that Hamas took no part in this um, latest round. They um, sat on the sidelines. At the end of the day, they were involved in, in brokering the, peace, the ceasefire along with Egypt. But Hamas left this to the Islamic Jihad. And what's also important to note is that the, the so-called Arab street, the Arab world, was, I don't know if I would use the word indifferent, but didn't take to the streets. The condemnations of Israel were literally non-existent. There was the obligatory from Iran, you know, we will destroy Israel. And there's the obli- obligatory from Turkey, something about Israel. But other than that, there really wasn't anything. Mm. Um, there's obviously also tension between Hamas, which is the ruling entity in Gaza, and Islamic Jihad, which is, I mean, they have their own tensions. Obviously, there's enormous tensions, understatements between Hamas in Gaza and the Palestinian Authority and the West Bank. That's an issue that needs to be resolved. But Gaza as an entity has been the focal point of so much negativity for all the known and obvious reasons. You know, for years, I think you know that from 94 to 97, I served as the Israel Defense Forces legal advisor in Gaza. Um, so I told you I've been around the block. Um, <laughs> but but I, it's complicated. And, you know, you know this better than I do. The American administration strikes me at the moment as in terms of the Middle East utterly disengaged, whether it's because of China, because of Ukraine, Russia, or upcoming elections. And what I think happened here this round, um, the world let this to the left, you know, to us locals. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the only way, by the way, that anything can be resolved is at the end of the day, we're going to have to sit with Hamas um, to resolve this. But the fact that Hamas took no part, um, I don't think I saw anything from Hamas condemning Israel. That's different. Yeah. Um, does that mean that peace is around the corner? No. But go back to my word about small sparks. Yeah. Um, that's the way I look at it. Yeah. Uh, fantastic. Great insight, as always. Uh, we appreciate you staying up late <laughs> and uh, giving this My uh, pleasure. just really crucial perspective and uh, perhaps perhaps a spark or two of hope uh, for a path, a long and complicated one, to be sure. Uh, Amos Giora, author and professor of law at the S.J. Quinney College of Law at the University of Utah. Professor, thank you uh, again uh, for your great perspective today. You betcha. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. You bet. Uh, again, that's uh, Professor Amos Giora. Uh, and so that's that is uh, something you're not hearing a lot of today. And I, I think the professor nailed it when he said no one's really saying a whole lot. Nothing's coming out of the, the White House, the administration. Nothing's really coming out of, of NATO. Nothing's really coming out of Europe. Uh, and again, whether that's because everyone's distracted by Russia and China or if they're just saying, wait, maybe maybe this is just a little bit different. Uh, I thought it was so interesting that uh, the professor pointed out that these uh, work permits uh, that the Prime Minister of Israel speaking to the people of Gaza saying, look, we if this is about economics, if this is about moving forward, if this is about jobs and putting food on your table and being able to provide for yourself and having a path forward for your life, uh, 
that the uh, jihadists and uh, the, the back and forth can't persist. It just doesn't work when it comes to economics. And so a very interesting thing. Uh, also, I thought it was interesting that the professor pointed out uh, that so many in Gaza are just tired and weary, and they are worried first and foremost about jobs and money and food on the table. And so that changes the calculation. And uh, and then also the fact that he pointed out who did not engage in this round, that Hamas was on the sideline, that Hamas uh, did not engage or uh, condemn or promote anything, I think is also really significant. Uh, and so, again, we always appreciate uh, Professor Giora uh, chiming in from uh, just outside of Jerusalem. Uh, and I'm sure that that, uh, that sense of peace when the, uh, the hostilities stop uh, has to be uh, an exhale moment, but for how long? And is this really, as the professor said, are there enough sparks there to fan a flame of freedom uh, and one that can bring peace uh, to a region that has been troubled for a very long time? We'll step aside for bottom of the hour news. When we come back, we talked a little bit about the IRS component of the Inflation Reduction Act. We're going to dig into that a little deeper, what it means for you coming up next. Next. 